Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hi, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. Hey, you made it on back home to us. You brought it on home. We left the light on for you. The podcast light outside of our podcast hotel. No bugs here, except for the hug bugs. And that's what I call my arms. The two oh, long hug bugs extending off my torso. They're ten wriggling antennae looking for meat. I gotta tell you. Yeah. Sitting in a room with the great <laughs> improviser, Griffin McElroy, is such an honor every week. These ten wriggling antennae are just looking for flesh that they can wrap themselves around for a big old embrace. It sounds like embrace. he wrote this out before we started, but I he did. Didn't. I'm reading it off my computer right now. <laughs> so welcome to our podcast hotel, and we don't change the sheets. We expect you to do that yourself, you fucking nasty, nasty. You gotta change those damn sheets yourself. What are you doing not changing the sheets? It's a no-service hotel. Based on a conversation we had earlier, Griffin McElroy doesn't change the sheets very often either. That, I told you that in private. <laughs> it was a long time ago, but it, it was college, and it was all of it. So uh, this is going to be sort of a – we're doing something different this time. I think I'm going to do two my two things, and then you have one big thing. One super size. going to be uh, at the end of the episode. So do you want me to just go ahead and get started? Because also our time has been slipping a little bit. We said when we started this is going to be a half hour to 45-minute podcast. We're creeping towards that hour mark, and I've seen that creep happen a lot. And I don't know, I'd, I'd like to keep it tight if we can, you know, tight, condensed, efficient. It's starting to reach like Marvel movie proportions and the, the shit like this, the talking about the hug arm bugs and just sort of vamping about the length of the show. It's actually not helping. <laughs> yeah. See, this is the thing. I don't think we can blame me on this one. Yeah. So uh, my first thing is travel activities. Now, this is sort of the most abstract i think i've maybe gotten yes i am talking about you're sitting in the passenger seat of a car or a bus or the passenger seat of a train which is most of the seats on the train there's really only the one non-passenger seat (laughs) uh or a plane right you're sitting in that seat what are you gonna do I love that. Really? I love that. (laughs) And I I recognize that that is strange. Now I should put in a caveat. I don't necessarily love air travel. Specifically, train travel fucking owns bones. I would give anything to be able to travel by train if only Texas wasn't the size of a small planet and, you know, was more, had, had more shit that you get to by train. Um, I'm not talking about that, right? Cause on an airplane, it's so expensive and inconvenient and getting through security is so stressful. And then they shut the doors and instantly my sinuses like grow three sizes and make me very sick. And, uh, you know, you sit next to somebody and maybe they don't respect the Let's elbow. Let's talk about what we like though. What do you like? I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about the logistics of it. I'm yes. talking about, I love planning out what I'm going to be doing on a plane or in the passenger side of a, of a car or while riding on it, like a long, long train thing, because this is something I think about a lot because I travel a lot these days for the podcast and doing live shows and, and stuff it should like be that. mentioned now with the baby, yes. you really only have the one activity. <laughs> you really only have the one activity when you are traveling with the baby. And that activity is please. <laughs> Can I make a confession before yeah, please. we continue? I have not read a book since Henry was born. Yes. Uh, and that's largely because if I have time in which Henry's occupied or asleep, I typically also want to be asleep. Right. Um, I've um, read one and it was while I was traveling because yeah. I planned on it. I used to really enjoy getting a book 
for travel. Yeah. Just like knowing this was going to be my travel. And that's book. exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. There are things, and it doesn't make it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But when you think about travel activities, you think of it as being this different suite of opportunities available to you that you yeah. wouldn't normally like jump after on a normal non-travel day. Even though I don't think that's true. Like, um, I on a non-travel day, if I have free time, I might you know, get on my phone and play like a, a a mobile game or get on my switch and play a game on that or listen to a podcast or listen to music uh, or, or read a book or something. That's all stuff I can do at home or while I'm traveling. Like the lines have kind of blurred, especially with like technology becoming what it is where now you can watch you know, whatever movie that you want on a plane on your tablet or whatever. But there's something about the like, there's something about the psychology of knowing that you're going to be sitting in a chair for a few hours. And so you try to find things to occupy those hours. And there's something about thinking about planning a period of your day like that, that I think is really exciting for me. Like I get really into it like a week in advance. I think like, okay, you know, I've got five hours of flying that day, five hours home. So I can download 10 hours of podcast. There's a new game that just came out on the 3ds. I haven't played yet. I'm going to pick that up. And Justin's been telling me about this mobile game for a while. So I'll grab that too. And uh, I'm going to read this book that I've owned for a long time. And, and maybe I'll crack into that finally. Like, I don't know. I love thinking about that. Like, I, I really do think it's a, a very, very in- enjoyable pastime. And then- I think it's, it's interesting knowing you personally, because I think part of what I think you might like about it is that typically when you are home, you are thinking of other things that you should be doing. Whereas when you're on a plane, like your options are limited. And so you right. can do these things kind of guilt free. Yeah, that's definitely part of it. But I really do think like the biggest thing is just this artificial barrier that I've built between things I can do while I'm traveling and things I can do while I'm at home because that barrier is not really there. It's the same things essentially. And this has been since I was like a little kid, really since like the advent of the Game Boy when I would just be like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're driving because we used to take long ass car trips like we'd go to. Uh, you know, the Carolinas, and that's, you know, eight, nine hours, or we'd go down to Florida, that's like a whole day of driving. Um, And I would just need like, I would need a lot of stuff, I would need some comics, and I would need a game or two. And then, uh, you know, dad and, and mom and dad would get a book on tape that we could listen to in the car, like there's something about it. And don't even get me started about snacks. Because there's, oh there are entire snacks industries that are based on you're going to eat this in your fucking car and nowhere else. What's up combos? Oh. What was the last time you cracked into a bag of combos? No, like at home, like get out the big share size bag of combos. That doesn't exist. You can get 30 combos in a small bag. You'll eat it while you're driving and you won't know why. Can you I won't tell? know why you're eating these little flavor barrels. That for me is Chex Mix. Chex Mix, maybe at some like parties, like an office holiday party, like they'll have some Chex Mix or some uh, puppy chow laid out, right? But like normally, yeah, you don't fuck with Chex Mix yeah. unless you're on the road. And then you're always, always never not fucking yeah. with Chex Mix. Swedish Fish is another one. Swedish for me. Fish. I, and Mike and Ike's for me, like I can't explain why I eat Mike and Ike's at all, except that when I get up in the sky, <laughs> I feel the call of Mike and the call of Ike and I answer it every time. I just think it's like, I don't know, I, I, I genuinely enjoy thinking about like stuff in my backpack, my Swiss gear, full of shit. Like I'll get my Kindle in there, my iPad, I'll get my 3DS, my Switch, just yeah, a bunch of stuff. No, I've seen you like assemble your like bug out bag of travel gear. <laughs> it's, and it's not a very good bug out bag. <laughs> I feel like Bear Grylls would be kind of 
PO'd. Yeah, if you it's saw all what very I was electricity table. dependent. Um, and then like sometimes the the uh, we went to Seattle for PodCon uh, this past weekend. And uh, I was on those nice Delta Airbuses that have the screens on the back of the seats mm. with like a bunch of free movies on it. And I watched like Dunkirk. God, and... How great would that be traveling with Henry to just have a screen built in? Oh. Yeah, we have not. We've traveled with Henry a couple of times, but we have not had the, the fortune to have the screen. Um, but I've watched uh, like uh, I've traveled a lot, right, since Henry's been born. And you and I don't get a lot of opportunities to go to the movies. And so, like, I watched a bunch of movies on airplane screens. See, now you're just making me jealous. <laughs> well, no, I mean, these are now movies, like, uh, Rogue One. Like, I, there was a Star Wars movie that was out that I hadn't seen, which was Buck Wild. But then I finally <laughs> got to see it because of this this airplane. Um, I also just love, like, sometimes I love, I love a good, like, road trip. I fucking love a good road trip. Back in the day, like, I used to take them all the time. Yeah. What, especially when I was kind of, like, between cities after I'd graduated from college and... I uh, knew I was going to be moving away from Cincinnati. I was like trying to find a new place to go. So I just took this long road trip up to Boston where I, I drove and stopped in a bunch of cities and like tried them out for a little bit. And I was like the best man getting a, oh man, getting a, a couple CDs burnt. I unearthed a couple of my, I, I don't know how I found them, but a couple of like very old uh, uh, CDs from my old radio show. Uh, like today I was listening to them Man, I used to just burn a bunch of them and just, you know, drive to some other city. It was so great. I wish those CDs came with your DJ commentary in between the tracks because I would oh, okay. for that. Well, if you want, I can record all of that right now uh, and we can put it on this podcast and then people can layer it over the CD. So I'll just like, here, let me just knock it out real quick. Yeah, it was pretty sad. End of commentary. <laughs> put that before each track and you're ready to go. <laughs> um, or it, let me add something else. Yeah, I was really inexplicably into the soundtrack to Lost in Space, the the remake with Matt LeBlanc. And, and so, the movie, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that's. I, I also enjoyed the film. Uh, please do not at me on that. <laughs> travel activities. I feel like you balked at travel activities, but well, you get it, right? I get it. I will say there's part of it for me where as soon as I get on there and I realize I have to be there, I start to get really antsy. It's kind of the same way I feel like when the cat lays on top of me. And I instantly start thinking, how long can I do this before I lose my mind? And I kind of feel that way on a plane, too, like on our international flights. That's the only time when I actually get, yeah. Like an hour and a half in, I start thinking, like, I got so much ahead of me. How am I going to well, do this? Well, that's why you got to have more travel activities so you'd never have that. it starts to feel really small. Oh, you can't do that. And I can't, like, sleep on a plane. Just look at Dunkirk, baby. Just look right into, look to stare deep into Dunkirk. <laughs> There's like no dialogue in that fucking movie, basically at all. I don't know. Anything Sometimes about Kenneth it. Branagh. I knew nothing about it either until I watched it, except that it was the, um, you know, Inception Man, and there's like just no dialogue, just a lot of shooting, a lot of people getting shooted. Yeah, very scary. Is there like a guy named Dunkirk? There's a guy named Mark Dunkirk, and <laughs> is he, he a realtor? <laughs> he's a realtor. <laughs> he's a realtor. Um, on that that beach in Dunkirk, and he's like, we gotta get all these. British and French soldiers off my beach oh, wait, so I can sell there's my a house. Place called Dunkirk? Yeah. But it's fine. Okay. <laughs> um I wanna do my second thing real quick. Okay. And then again, we're gonna get to Rachel's super block after the uh, after the ad block probably. My second thing is having a nice sharp kitchen knife. Ooh. The feeling of a nice sharp kitchen knife is like if you're looking for ways to like step up your kitchen game. 
which is not like a thing that has been a major consideration in my life until very recently, having a nice sharp kitchen knife. I remember the first time sharpened a kitchen knife and I cut something with it and I was like, oh, this is why it takes me fucking three hours to like make anything. Yeah. Is because I didn't have a nice sharp kitchen knife. And it's not just faster. It's way, way safer. And I learned this in cooking class. I took a cooking class in high school. That was like one of the electives we could take was cooking. But uh, like every high school cooking class, it was uh, mostly nachos. Um, (laughs) But yeah, we learned that a dull knife is like way, way more dangerous than a sharp knife is. Oh, I believe it. Because with a dull knife, then you can slip or uh, miss the mark in some way. And that's when you're going to that's when you're going to cut yourself, which is what happened to me over Thanksgiving. Horrible injury, horrible sweet potato based injury. These sweet potatoes, these yams were motherfuckers. They were some real stiff customers. Let me tell you what. A <laughs> lot of lot of hard meat in there. Um, so, yeah, a sharp knife, though, you don't have that problem. It just goes right through it. Uh, so they recommend, and by they, I mean some website I found, <laughs> uh, to use a honing rod, which is what we have. Yeah. That's part of most standard knife blocks. It's just like a, a big metal rod, uh, the like long end of which is kind of uh, textured in a way uh, that you drag your knife across it. I forget what the exact angle you're supposed to do. Um, and it'll make it a little bit sharper, right? And that's like your go-to technique for, for, for sharpening the knife. Um, and if you're like a professional chef, you'll, you'll probably do it every day for most people, probably once or maybe even twice a week if you go at it a lot. Um, but then I, and I didn't really respect this part of the, the, the knife sharpening game, but it makes sense because I see ads for stuff like this in Austin all the time. You're supposed to go to like somebody with a whetstone, after like a year or so and get they it sharpened. They have those at the farmer's market. They have those market. at the farmer's market. I've always wondered like, why the fuck would you do this? Why not just use the honing rod at home? Why would you like, why do you have to come in? It, it's because the honing rod can only get your knife's edge sharp to a certain, like, um, a, like a certain degree. And then at a certain point, like you cannot get that edge any, oh. any sharper. You cannot refine that edge anymore. So you have to go to a whetstone where they literally grind the, the, the edge away until it reveals a new edge that then can be honed. Mm. I didn't know this, but There's I'm very like excited. And also I'm going to take our fucking knives to the farmer's market with me next time and get yeah. those things sharpened. Um, There's a good analogy there, right? For what the whetstone is Jesus and the honing rod is drugs and you use the honing rod and you think like, I've got it all figured out, but eventually the drugs aren't going to get you any sharper. You got to go to the Jesus whetstone. He'll help you find a new edge, a straight edge. It's a perfect analogy. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's better than I guess what I was thinking of. (laughs) No, what were you thinking of? Now I want to know. Oh gosh. I don't know. I guess just when you, you make these small changes, that's just you using your honing rod. Mm. But when you make a significant change in your life, that's you, you know, crafting a new edge. I mean, that one works too. Mine had the straight edge literally in no, it. And that was, nice. um, so it's, it's, it's just like, um, I, I enjoy cooking a lot. Like I, 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 I genuinely do. Um, and I enjoy like getting that mise en place shit like ready to go uh a lot of like the recipes that we use just require you to like okay cut this cut this cut this cut this cut this okay now cook it all together and i fucking love that and like step one in that for me always is getting the knife sharp and cleaning off the cutting board because that's like the zone and it's it's so like uh i don't know it's just so much more fun to cook when you know that like your tools are like 
ready for it. And, yeah. and, and that you can, you, you're not going to have to be like cleaning shit up as you go and, you know, fumbling with this or that. Like, it's just nice to like have this nice, clean, sharp knife next to the clean cutting board and then getting going from there. Um, yeah, I really, I really enjoy it. Also watching like videos of super sharp kitchen knives cutting through shit, like the Ginsu era, like all those commercials, like I fucking get it now. I don't think I appreciated it when I was younger watching a knife cut through like a cowboy boot or whatever. But now, like, watching a, a knife stab perfectly through a piece of paper without the paper moving, that is my shit, dog. Yeah, watching a I... Watching a tomato just get slowly, like, skinned, <laughs> like, that rules. I don't know why that's so satisfying, but it very it much is. It very much is. Because how do you even get that sharp? How sharp can you get a knife? Can you cut a hole in the fabric of space-time? Because some of these <laughs> knives, man, I'm telling you, stab all the way through a phone book with, like, one like little bit of pressure Could you give yourself a haircut with probably a like with some fucking hattori hanzo steel like definitely mm. um i mean that's another thing like when you are like getting your knife really sharp and then it cuts through things very easily there is like a weird like oh i feel like a medieval knight or or like a medieval <laughs> blacksmith at the very least although apparently gotta get a grindstone gotta get a whetstone apparently that's not just some D D shit like you got to use those on your knives so you can cut through tomatoes super good. <laughs> I'm going to buy a tomato at the farmer's market, bring my knife, and just be like, no, keep going. Keep going. I want you to fuck that tomato up. I want a nub. I want a nub and a handle. Uh, How about we steal us some money? <laughs> Let's steal us some money. Now, this is an interesting development. Ooh, okay. Maybe the ad break could be like a heist that we're planning. And then give me like and it's like an alarm going off at the bank. I like that a lot, but we can never do it again. See, this is the problem we created for ourselves: is that we do a new stinger, or at least a new version of the stinger every week. You're right. So pearls before swine is not in that moment. I really enjoyed it, but you can never do it again. Shoot beans. I know, Griffin. Yeah, you know it's a shame. What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? (laughs) It's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. (laughs) Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, There's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? (laughs) Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design 
or website functionality, and you think, I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghost Rider, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people, you can, you can sell uh your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain uh you want to read that first jumbotron yes this message is for Alexander, Anton, Ranka, Celeste, Alina, Anea, Philip, Ida, Lovisa, Malin, and Tove. Whoa. It is from Caroline Crushbone. Okay. <laughs> hey, M-B-M-B-O-J-S, which is, she says in parentheses, Swedish Mabimbambinos. Mabim bam. That's how you say it, right? Yeah, baby. And thanks for supporting my <laughs> art. Um, <laughs> our group chat is amazing. And I totally love the way that we have found each other over our love for Mackle content. I could think of no better way to let you know how much I like you guys than to have Rachel and Griffin do so in wonderful as you guys truly are just that. P.S. Hoping for some D&D sessions soon. How how delightful and how nice. Is this an international sort of band of, of you know, rabble rousers and... Seems like it. Ne'er-do-wells? Well, she did say Swedish. Yeah, so I love that it. That might be exciting for us to know we have Swedish listeners. I know we have sweet, sweet-ish listeners. I mean, they're a little bit sweet, but they're also a little bit nasty, too. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Here's a message, and it's for Alphonse, and it's from Jamie, who says, Since we're bad at dates, we'll call whenever this airs right. So, happy 10-year anniversary to my best friend. I love you to infinity and beyond, and this decade has been the best one of my life. From hours on the couch playing Bubble Bobble, fuck yeah. Uh, to the birth of our cool babies, Flynn and Potter, you're better than a robot and or soul grafted to a suit of armor. A lot of people don't oh, recognize. That's a very, very good that. message. And I love all of it. But a lot of people don't recognize that a lot of these robots are just souls grafted into, you know, big, big, uh, you know, shells. And it's it's dangerous. And it's not right. Let them go to heaven already. You know, that Azimo one that i think toyota makes and he's just this little one he just kind of like stumbles around or the boston uh the boston one that the big dog it's just like a big dog and it can run on ice and stuff you were saying words right now and i recognize that they are words have you not seen the big dog no oh we're gonna watch a big dog video this is important we have to do it right now what does it have to do with boston uh, it's a okay boston dynamics makes this big dog the big oh. dog watch him watch what he does to big dog you see Watching. Fucking kicks big dog. Big dog don't fall over. Okay, when you said big dog, I thought I was going to see a robot that looked like a cuddly dog. 
No, this so, robot looks like a big, like... I'm a little disappointed, to be honest. I think Big Dog looks really cuddly. And I th- I wish these men would stop fucking kicking it, because there's a dog's soul in there. Yeah, I don't like this, Griffin. It's what? creepy looking. It looks don't, like hey, a, it's Big Dog. It looks like a giant insect. It's not a giant insect. It's a Big Dog, and it's my best one, friend. <laughs> if it were If it were a little dog, I think I'd like it. That's hateful against Big Dog. He didn't decide to be that like big. A guy. If they could make him little, then the, the computer parts aren't sophisticated enough. I had to put him in a Big Dog. <laughs> Babe, you gotta stop talking crap about Big Dog, okay? It's very impressive. It's it, not just impressive, it's great. Watch not, Big Dog go. Not cute at all. Oh, gosh, no. They just keep kicking the dang dog, don't they? <laughs> but this Big Dog won't fall over. This Big Dog's gonna kill both of these men Why one day. Why did we start talking about this? I think because I just really wanted to talk about Big Dog. (laughs) Also, they named it Big Dog. (laughs) And that's great, too. Hey, Helen Hong. Yes, J. Keith Van Stratton? What's the difference between a layover and a stopover? I have no idea. What's the difference between optimal and optimum? I have no idea. What's the difference between an actual conversation and a promo for our new show on Maximum Fun, Go Fact Yourself? Nobody has any idea. Go Fact Yourself, the game show with celebrity contestants, super smart experts, and answers to questions you've never even asked. Listen twice a month on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And be in the audience for our tapings of Go Fact Yourself in downtown L.A. It's free. Go to GoFactYourPod.com for more info. We're having a very realistic conversation. Yes, we are. So, Rachel, what are we talking about in the back half of this episode of Wonderful? My wonderful item for this week is Hanukkah. (laughs) Neither of us are capable of making that fucking noise. (laughs) Hanukkah starts tonight, right? Yep. First crazy night. (laughs) Well, as we're recording. Right. When this airs, we'll be on this, what is that, second morning or whatever. (laughs) Do you do anything in the mornings on Hanukkah? Nope. Just a nighttime. I like that. It's a sundown activity. I like that. Yeah. Because you can have the whole rest of your day to do whatever. Can I celebrate Hanukkah in the mornings? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> what if I really want to? Aww. Uh So, caveat, just to start off the episode, I had to do more research on this than I probably should have had to do, considering I have celebrated Hanukkah my entire life. Yes. Correct me if I am wrong, and I, I, I should mention that I am uh, I am not of the Jewish faith and did not celebrate Hanukkah until you and I got together, um, and now I, I also think it is absolutely wonderful, and I am excited to do it um, with, with the, the two of us and our son, And uh, but I don't know, like, I also do not know a ton about it, but from what I understand, it is not, like, the highest, holiest day. It is sort no. of, like, a more, like... Uh, what's a, what's a like a fun holiday? Like, what can we do with like a fun holiday? And that is kind of Hanukkah. Obviously, there's like a, mm-hmm. an origin story there, but it is not like uh uh what are the what are the big ones? Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah. Passover is another big one. Yeah, like a huge one. Yeah. Uh, Hanukkah is more just like a part, like a fun fun time, like Purim, right? Yeah, I mean, it, well, it's literally a celebration, right? Um. So I am always confused as to when Hanukkah is because it changes every year. And I never really understood why. Uh, but it always kind of falls around Christmas, which is why it gets 
paired up right sure with christmas uh so the jewish calendar is primarily based on the lunar cycle um and the first day of hanukkah can fall anywhere between november 28th and december 26th so kicks off on the 12th we're pretty much right in the right in the middle here mm-hmm. uh damn the 28th dude we are staring down the barrel of a year where we have henry's birthday thanksgiving and hanukkah all in like the same week yeah gosh i didn't even think about that yeah bud. Oh, that's terrifying uh, <laughs> so Hanukkah is the eight-day festival of lights, and the word Hanukkah means dedication. I did not know that. I didn't either. Uh, so you'll see Hanukkah spelled a bunch of different ways. Um, I like the one with the C at the beginning. See, I, that one always makes me uncomfortable because here's the thing. So the reason the translation is so inconsistent is that the ch sound is a guttural, throaty sound like the C-H in Bach. Right, yeah. Um, which does not have an English equivalent, which is why you'll often see H. But I always get insecure. Wow, yeah, because it feels, I mean, I would, I definitely feel insecure. Like, I feel like that yeah. would be like kind of appropriate. I've never been good at the, I... like the throaty, like, sound. That wasn't, yeah, it wasn't great. I just, yeah, I get nervous whenever I <laughs> it see It just sounds this. like you're putting like a weird amount of emphasis <laughs> on the Hanukkah. Like, like chutzpah? Yeah. Oh, but, but you can't like roll your I can't C's. like so Hanukkah, just brief history. In the second, the Maccabees were being persecuted oh, by Angelica. That's very sweet. Um, it's also disrespectful regrets. in a major way. Regrets? <laughs> yeah. No, honestly, I don't think so. I don't. I personally think that more exposure needs to happen for this holiday, and yeah, I'll sure. take it in most places. I, mean, I can get it. Yes, it's definitely limited. Yeah. I don't think you could argue that it's not. Uh, in second century uh, BCE. The Holy Land was ruled by the Greeks, who tried to force the people of Israel to accept Greek culture and beliefs. And a small band of faithful Jews, led by Judah the Maccabee, defeated one of the mightiest armies on earth, drove the Greeks from the land, and reclaimed the Holy Temple in Jerusalem and rededicated it to the service of God. Here's something I didn't know about Maccabee. Yeah. Turns out, there's a lot of opportunity here for acronyms. Uh, because Maccabee is a word composed of the initial letters of the four Hebrew words, Mikamoka Ba'elem Hashem, who is like you, O God. So that's M. Wait, so his name is literally like a, ma- like a truncation of this yeah. phrase? Yeah, well, the Maccabees came from a word composed of the initial letters. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. I know. I didn't know that. So what was the eight candles, though? Explain that. Oh, okay. So you kind um, of set up like there's a dude got a big army, and then I'm in, <laughs> in my head. I'm thinking like, fuck yeah, dude, sounds like 300 brilliant to this shit. So they just reclaimed the temple. Yeah, kicks him down a big pit. <laughs> when they sought to light like, the, this is Hanukkah, and he kicks him. Do you think they knew it was Hanukkah back then? <laughs> Do you think uh, when when Christ was born, yeah. they were just like, yo, it's Christmas. What? And then they started counting down the shopping days to the next one. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody in the world felt so guilty instantly because they had forgotten. <laughs> um. Okay, so they sought to light the temple's menorah, and they found only a single pot of oil. Miraculously, they lit the menorah, and the one-day supply of oil lasted for eight days. Dope. Yeah. It's it- It's dope. It is also strange that that is like the focal point. Of the, I mean, I don't know. Well, you know what I found? This is, this might not be true. So I went to this website called Shabbat.org. 
And it said that the initial story of Hanukkah was just about triumphing over the Greeks. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, And then it was only later that rabbis got together and came up with this kind of celebration of the oil. That's that's okay. That's exactly what I'm talking about. That's 100% true. But I think it's interesting to kind of turn it into like a more like, and this is why we do this what thing we, we do yeah sure i i, I yeah. get the i get the symbolism and and everything but it's yeah. like, it, when i learned about hanukkah when i was when i was younger from you know uh from from afar until i watched that fucking rugrats episode no joke which taught me the <laughs> yeah. actual meaning of hanukkah i just thought it was there were these folks who lit a lamp and it lasted like a wicked long time yeah. and so we celebrate that great lamp <laughs> yeah. when there's like a lot more to it yeah. than that yeah um Here's another thing I didn't know. So something is only technically a menorah um, if all of the candles are at the same level. If there is a shamash, which is the attendant candle right. that you use to light the other ones, right. then it's something called uh, a Hanukkah. Wait, 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 wait. First of all, that's the name for the best, like kia car salesman promotion like come on down for eight nights of great sales down at hanukkah <laughs> um so let me <laughs> that was a very delayed reaction um so wait if it's if it's eight the eight candles but with the one with the shamash and the shamash is not on, on the same level as the other candles it's not a menorah so a hanukkah a Hanukkah is a type of candelabra with nine candle holders. Eight are in a line, and the ninth candle is out of place, right. either at a different height or position. And that's not a menorah. The menorah is a more of a symbolic object that contains seven branches of candle holders and does not have a shamash out of place. That's only seven candles. I know. It's interesting, right? I didn't know that. Um, yeah, in my house, we called it the helper candle. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, too. That's yeah. so cute. What were your Hanukkah? What did you do for Hanukkah when you were younger? Tell me everything right now. Okay. Um, did your grandma get, get, go like buck wild? Oh, my gosh. So the, the, here's, here's my favorite, my favorite grandma story. Um, my, so my dad's side of the family is Jewish. Uh, and they are, I would say, a faithful people, but not, um, very active in any kind of like temple or right. formal practice. Um, but growing up in like a suburban area of St. Louis, which does have a decent Jewish population, but not in the areas that we were, um, my dad and my grandma became kind of the representatives for a lot of their friends and coworkers for the Jewish faith. <laughs> and so the best thing about my grandma is she would tell this story all the time where she'd be like, yeah, people are always asking me questions about Hanukkah and about Jewish tradition and expecting me to be this expert. And she's like, you know, and so I tell them what I know. And what I don't know, I make up. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, they don't know any different. <laughs> um, which is true. It's, it's, it's always been intimidating for me because I've always been in a group of people typically where Jewish people are the minority. Right. And so when you mention that that is part of your background, people will ask you all these questions. Yeah, sure. And, you know, like when I meet somebody that's Christian, I don't ask them a lot of questions about Christmas because I've just kind of grown up with it. But Hanukkah isn't something that a lot of people grow up with, at Absolutely. least in most areas of the country. So, so yeah, so I had to do a lot of research and I still found it very delightful. Yeah, for sure. So like what, what? Uh, so, okay. So we would do a menorah yes. every night or I guess a Hanukkah. 
Uh, I'm, can we just? I can I feel like I've been lied to? Not my entire <laughs> life, but at least the last like five years. It's not a. Can we just call it a menorah? Yes, it sounds great. Okay. Yes, uh, and I would say what I thought was the Hebrew prayer. Uh oh. Uh, which in my research I was pretty close. Um, but it was one of those things that was taught to me when I was very young by my dad. And, you know, I've we, seen the two of you deliver the, the, the prayer at the same mumbled. time. And it's, it, it starts out strong with the, you know, Baruchata, and then it's, uh, <laughs> not, it's not that fast. You can make it about, you can make it about like, you know, six things. or seven words in, and then you both kind of turn mumble core on me. It was one of those things that when I learned it. You know, I was probably really little, and so it was probably kind of charming if I was a little off. And then it just kind of continued. And now I don't know that anybody really knows it especially well in my family. And so we all just kind of say, like, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Okay, so here it is. Oh, wait. Are I you don't... sure you want to do are – you are going to be opening yourself up to, like, Well, so I found a phonetic the... – Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. I found a, a phonetic reading of it. And I'm just enough confident that it was close to what I was doing. Okay, so Barakataranoi – Eluhenu Malakolam, Asher Kedeshanu, Bemitzvotav, Vetsivanu, Lahadlikner, Shel Hanukkah. That was good. Although Shell, I don't see on here, but we always used to say that. And it means, blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with his commandments and commanded us to kindle the Hanukkah light. I love how, like, interstellar... Yeah. Like Hebrew prayers are, because almost all of them use, I don't know what the word is, but king of the universe sounds so like, <laughs> it's so like, I don't know, it's so like cosmically reverent yeah. in a way that I think is like fascinating. Well, that's one thing that I've always kind of liked about the Jewish tradition is there's this sense of that you are always, you're always seeking a greater understanding. Like there is a lot still to be discovered and you can only discover it through this kind of academic pursuit of, right. of the truth. Uh, and so there's a lot of like scholarly elements to it. And there's a lot of kind of, yeah, like you said, this kind of cosmic sense of like, there's so much bigger out there that we yeah, are, sure. we are still exploring. Um, so Hanukkah food. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here Here's we go. Here we thing go. Thing I never realized, and it's so obvious now that I say it. Since the miracle involved oil, it is customary Baby. to eat foods fried okay. in oil. <laughs> I come on. I knew. I knew what the foods were. Like I knew potato latkes. Right. I recently learned about the donuts, which is like another thing, like yeah. jelly donuts. But I never really made the connection of like oil. Why Hanukkah? Oil. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I, this was one part where like, I kind of knew, I kind of knew about Hanukkah. I obviously did not, I, I did not celebrate it before you and I got together. Uh, I don't know that I'd ever eaten a latke until we did, did, uh, Hanukkah and started doing Passover and stuff together. Yeah. So good though. It's right? so freaking good. Yeah. There is a, um, there is a, okay. I'm going to brief tangent. There was a DreamWorks movie, I believe called Home with Jim Parsons from Big Bang Theory, I think is the voice of this like purple alien guy. I did not see the movie. Um, but there is a cartoon series that is like a animated, like 2D, uh, uh, you know, I forget. I don't know what the right word 2D cartoon. Yeah. I um, think just came out this year, right? On Netflix. I think so. And we watched it as, as part of our sort of like getting it into says kids that it's shows. It's a Christmas movie, I think. 
but so there's but, a little so there's a, there's a whole tv show there's a whole tv show and the tv show like we've watched a lot of and i i, I have enjoyed it and then they did this holiday special and the holiday special includes a performance by actual kelly clarkson and then uh a incredible cameo not even cameo like a whole segment uh where ben schwartz from parks and recreation shows up the guy who plays uh, jean ralphio shows up and does a whole song about latkes and it is really good fucking incredible and then him and kelly clarkson get back together at the end to sing like this whole duet it's like a really good christmas special it's a well a good holiday special yeah um that i really enjoyed latkes they fucking rule they're so good sour cream applesauce yes all of it delicious so for those of you that don't know uh latkes are like little potato pancakes that you fry in oil and i mean when i say potato pancake that's basically what it is you're holding it together with egg and flour yeah and you're frying there's some onion it. in there sometimes too right? yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's very good it is real good um what else do you like about hanukkah i mean you get eight presents right you gotta love those presents here here's this is interesting too um and this is very recent and not true for everybody but as you mentioned earlier, Hanukkah wasn't like a big, right, big celebration. I mean, it was a obviously it was a celebration, but it wasn't like Christmas level uh, gift giving. Right, sure. And my dad and grandma always just talk about that a lot too. Of just you know the the presents that you got night to night were not supposed to be giant Christmassy presents. A lot of it was like money. Yeah. Or gelt, like the chocolate coins that they give out for Hanukkah. Um, it's only recently as Hanukkah and Christmas have been kind of butting up against each other that presents have become like a more significant part of Hanukkah. Why do you think um, that is? Just like, because if you're like a little, a, a, a Jewish child and you watch your. Yeah. I was reading this article on Slate about kind of ways to make it so that your experience, especially if you're in a household like I was, where there are the two holidays are both celebrated, where they're competing, like how you keep them separate. Uh, and just kind of the challenges associated with trying not to have them battle it out. Yeah, because that starts to get, <laughs> that kind of gets a little crass, like, well, not a little, like extremely crass very, very quickly. Yeah. I don't think of them as, as, and, and you know, I didn't celebrate well, I mean, it until I was an it. adult when I was a little kid and like obsessed with getting presents. Like, I think I would be probably in that mindset a little bit more. Yeah. I, I just think, I, I think that Christmas has become such a huge thing. Yeah. In that, like, the shopping season for Christmas starts often now. <laughs> the day after Halloween. Yeah. Um, and being a child and seeing that and seeing, hearing your friends talk about it and seeing the commercials and seeing all the store displays and everything, there becomes this kind of tension of like, I am left out of not just a holiday, but several months out of the year. <laughs> right, sure. <laughs> Which I think a lot of people these days, maybe as adults, they are stoked to not have to be <laughs> party to, you know, ho- holiday or specifically in this case, Christmas, like, mm-hmm. Uh, stuff for and two I have months. Met, I have met a lot of Jewish people who have always celebrated Christmas. Right, sure. Because it is, it's a seasonal thing for them. It's just like part of the winter time and celebrating. Yeah. And I mean, there is, um, there is definitely a, uh, 
what's the word I was not sectional. What's the secular? There you go. <laughs> sectional. For this Christmas, I got you a new sectional from Pottery Barn. It's great. It's, this it's folds an eight, down. Eight piece sectional. It's an eight piece sectional. Every night. One piece a night. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people just like treat it like a secular holiday, like mm-hmm. straight up. Like, oh, yeah. I just, I really like, um, you know, I, I really like lights and I really like the lights and I really like yeah. it's a wonderful life. And, yeah. you know, and that's that's how I get down on yeah. it. Yeah. So I so I always celebrated both, um, which was tremendously fortunate for me. And I had a lot of jealous friends because of that. Um, well, at least you weren't also an only child. So you were essentially <laughs> just siphoning <laughs> off the tip of this enormous gift funnel. <laughs> Presents. Fucking Violet Beauregard. Any just presents like, in the house were always for me, and I never had to share with anyone. <laughs> <I> never. <laughs> one time you took a present away from one of your cats. Like, no, yeah. these are mine. My presents. You know, that might sound insulting to some of you, but that is exactly how I sounded as a child. It's true. <laughs> these are my <laughs> presents, kitty, kitty. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> Uh, so, and, and the other thing I will say is that in my house, Hanukkah presents were substantial. Oh yeah, uh, sure. And I think, I think part of that was, I don't want to say competing with Christmas, but giving, it was the literal war on Christmas. Giving like an equal yeah, sure. footing for both holidays. Yeah. Um, can we talk about Hanukkah stuff in media? Cause I really do think the Rugrats stuff is like a genuine yeah. revelation and, was so like valuable to me as an educational resource as even though I have not watched it in quite some time. Also the OC Chrismica episodes. There's actually only like one actually good one. And one of them is a season in which they uh, fall into an alternate reality because the OC gets fucking buck wild. It's only for one episode. It's not like a, they don't do a, uh, Oh, what was that show with Joshua Jackson on it? Dawson's Creek. Yeah, you're in Dawson's Creek where they fall into alternate reality. <laughs> Fringe. Um, oh, okay. I mean, there's not a lot. I mean, no joke, like Adam Sandler, Eight Crazy Nights is like probably not one that maybe you want to own. I have not seen, I don't know, I have not seen Eight Crazy Nights. Let us know. There's there's probably a ton that we just don't Yeah, I feel like there's something not I'm not thinking, thinking of. I mean, you could Google it. Seven best Hanukkah TV episodes that'll make the perfect finale to this year's Festival of Lights. On Bustle.com. Saturday Night Live. Come on. Oh, that was the, it's the episode where Adam Sandler sings the Hanukkah song. Yeah. Rugrats, Hanukkah. Nailed it. The Nanny, the Hanukkah story. <laughs> Did not see that. Even Stevens, heck of a Hanukkah. I do remember that. Fuck yeah. That even was a little Stevens. after my time. Um, Friends, the one with the holiday armadillo. Oh, yeah, Friends. That's a good one. The OC, the best Christmaca ever. Yup. Yes. Uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, My Mom, Greg's Mom, and Josh's Sweet Dance Moves. Oh, huh. I don't think we've seen that one. Yes. There there needs to be more. There's seven. Now let's search the best Christmas episode. <laughs> the top 399 Christmas TV shows. I mean, the yeah, 100 best Christmas TV episodes of all time. <laughs> Hanukkah movies? So this, this is what I was telling you about, though. This is the problem with trying to put Hanukkah up against Christmas. Yeah, I know. Like, the the nature of Hanukkah is not... They do not need to compete. I'm just yeah. trying to illustrate that there's not, like, a ton of... Yeah. A ton of, like, stuff out there, like, to learn about if you did not grow up in a, a Jewish household. Well, and that's what's interesting. So when I was telling Griffin that I wanted to talk about Hanukkah this week... 
I felt this need to do all this research and provide a lot of education on the holiday. And we were talking about how typically when we talk about things we like, we don't feel the need to do that. You know, we'll give a little bit of history, but we won't spend a lot of time giving the background. But I just felt like there's probably a lot of listeners that aren't really familiar with yeah, it. For sure. And I, I wanted to give a little bit of information as kind of a jumping off point. And they might go looking for resources on like, say, this e-news listicle that I'm looking at now, which lists Inglorious Bastards as a Hanukkah movie. Okay. Little Fockers. Little Fockers. Say that out loud. No. <laughs> Say that movie title out loud. So we've got It's a Wonderful Life, White Christmas, um, these real like warm classics that have just just some beautiful elements and superior acting performances. And then what was that Hanukkah movie you just mentioned? Little Fockers. Yeah. So uh, hold on, I read it wrong. Little Fuckers. <laughs> What if that's what it was called? An American Tale? Oh, I mean, they're Jewish. They're Jewish mice. I think that this E! News article is just like, it's not we Hanukkah. need movies with any Jewish people in them. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm glad you brought Hanukkah to, yeah. the, to, the, to the table here. And I'm glad we got to go out there and light that, that first candle, huh? Open up that, yeah. first, that first package. Uh, so I read online, so you, you're supposed to do it at sundown. Uh, and a little the, late on that, but we had a podcast to record. Yeah, and then the idea is that you light an actual candle. You're not supposed to do the electric menorah, but, you know, we work with what we have. Uh, and then We don't have candles. <laughs> yeah, and then the flame <laughs> and is... And we also apparently don't have a menorah. We have a, Hanuk a Hanukkah. And then the flame is supposed to burn for at least 30 minutes after sundown which is about how long typically a Hanukkah candle will last. Unless you have a piece of shit cat that wants to knock it over or burn itself to death. Yeah, it's always a terrifying situation in our house. <laughs> uh, hey, how about some submissions from our listeners at home? Yeah. This is one from Emily who says, I think baby trucks are wonderful. Not trucks for babies, but semi-trucks without the trailers, so they just look like tiny baby trucks. Every time I see one driving, uh, it makes me so happy to think of them growing up to become a full-grown truck. <laughs> I was going to say, is that a technical term, baby truck? Almost certainly not, <laughs> but it doesn't make it not great. Uh, here's another Emily, a different Emily, who says, uh, I know many people dread having to wrap presents, but it's one of my favorite parts of the holiday season. I love the whole process, finding beautifully patterned papers and coordinated bows, the sound of scissors gliding through a cut. Oh, God, that sound. Uh, the crispness of each. The crispness of each crease around the edges and the joy of singing a perfectly wrapped gift waiting to be opened. I love a good crispy present. There's nothing more cheerful than a pile of presents. Nicely wrapped presents and that sound of it. I mainly included this because the sound of those scissors running through paper is like the shit. No, that's wonderful. I think that might be ASMR for me. I think that might be the first one. Oh, I bet there's YouTube videos, Griffin. <sighs> yeah, definitely. Uh, here's one more, and it's from Whitney, who says, Something I think is wonderful is the episodes of Survivor where the loved ones visit. It's always a joyful and poignant moment when Jeff Probst brings them out and lets each can taste and can taste and have a moment <laughs> with their loved one. After hugs and tears, Jeff then asks them to share uh, about the emotions that they are feeling or love for each other, and their responses are always beautiful. Regardless of whether a contestant is hated or seen as a villain, any dislike or game play is stripped away in that moment you see them for their real human self you see how their loved ones see them there's just so much joy and love and vulnerability in those moments and it's not only a truly wonderful thing it also never fails to make me cry the happy kind oh my gosh i love those episodes they're they're like so exploitative and i know they're coming and i know exactly what they're trying to do to me and it still works the yeah like the uh spouses being 
reunited. Yes. That's that's fine. The usually like the tough guys that are kind of jerks, like when their family member comes out and they fall the, apart. It's, oh, the, it's the best. It's the parents. Like when the parents yes. roll up, that fucks me up, dude. Yeah. Fucks me clean up. But it is also very it's beautiful and nice. It's very nice. Uh, I think that's it. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Bowen and Augustus for the use of our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. Uh, you want to thank, thank Maximum you Fun? to Max Fun. Uh, you can find lots of great podcasts on the Max Fun Network. Uh, some that I have been listening to lately include Judge Sean Hodgman. You are uh, obsessed with Stop Podcasting Yourself. Stop Podcasting Yourself. You are listening yourself. to it pretty much constantly. I'm a huge fan of that. Um, Jordan Jesse Go is a good one. Uh, I listened to One Bad Mother. Uh, gosh, a, a, just a whole, whole lot of them. Um, but you can find McElroy programming on McElroyShows.com. A lot of those shows are on the Max Fun Network, but, uh, you can find a lot of other stuff there. Yeah. I like, want to think uh, of like, uh, Till Death Do Us Blart. Till Death Do Us Blart, Rachel's most favorite podcast. <laughs> um, I want to thank everybody who said, hey, at PodCom, we got a bunch of people saying that uh, they loved Wonderful and that Aww. they were very supportive of the show. Rachel was unfortunately not there um, at, at PodCom. But oh, I do want to say people have asked if we are ever going to do a live show, and that is very much a plan for us one day. Yeah, I think we, 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 we definitely want to do it. We almost, we had considered doing it during the Chicago tours, but um, Henry goes to sleep at like six o'clock, which makes it very difficult. Yeah, if you all ever start doing matinee shows yeah let's do a wonderful matinee <laughs> fuck it um i think that's it for this one so <sighs> i always get so low when it's time to part you know mm-hmm. i know i've written a whole song about it oh here we go bye <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. How do you say cheese in Spanish? What show should I have on my DVR? What are the best songs of the year? Is VR cool? What's your jam? Which one of you is the Renata of the panel? For answers to these questions and so much more, come on over to Pop Rocket, a pop culture roundtable discussion that always has a fun, diverse panel talking about the stuff we love. Catch us every Wednesday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you decide to get your podcast. I'm not going to judge.